every day, a new high for some stock market, yet a new low for the economy it supposedly represents. Never before have we seen such a sharp contrast which actually exposes the truth. It's all a fantasy land, it's a fiction, but one that applies to way too few people. The rich get richer while the vast majority out there, their lives get harder and harder. And as share prices soar around the world, at least parts of the world, it becomes more difficult to figure out why that is. Because the stock market, we're all told, that is the key representation of how healthy a system might be. Presidents look to the stock market. Political leaders say, I'm doing a great job. Have you seen share prices lately? They all do it. But if share prices don't tell us anything about the health of the system, then we might actually start asking the right questions. Because share prices are entirely a narrow set of psychology. And in the current 2024 period, it's all about this idea of liquidity. The Federal Reserve, the ECB, they're all going to be unleashing a tidal wave of liquidity once they start cutting rates. And somehow rate cuts are liquidity and somehow that liquidity makes its way into the share price market. And somehow share prices therefore reflect some great positive future. Yet as we see the last couple days in particular, the contrast could not be bigger or wider or more profound. Yesterday, we went over the German situation, the DAX index hitting new all-time highs, while the German economy, and the European economy with it, goes further and further into the toilet. Today, Japan, Jap Japan's Nikkei index, very near an all-time high, back when it was at the top of its bubble in 1990, 34 years ago. At the same time, the Nikkei hits a new 34-year high within sight of an all-time record, the Japanese government reports Japan's economy is in a recession and it is not looking like it's going to get any better either. And on top of all those, we got the S&P 500, a new all-time high for that one just a couple days ago. And today it's right back there on the same day in which the U.S. government reports very troubling statistics on the U.S. economy. Share prices are soaring because central banks are cutting rates. Central banks are cutting rates because of what the economies are going to be doing. Everything is upside down. And we could really use some help here as far as figuring out what the big problems are and how big the problems those might be. I'm talking, of course, about commercial real estate, among other things, but we're having a webinar about the commercial real estate topic this coming Monday, February 19th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, President's Day. We're going to talk about the commercial real estate problem, what is really the problem here? How big that problem might actually be? And maybe there's some good news there, as well as what you can do to spot some of the key trouble spots, how the system might be developing. Now, this is stuff we can't get into on YouTube and these videos because there's a lot of comprehensive stuff there. So check it out. Space is running out because Monday's coming up. So if you are going to, if you are interested in attending, I highly recommend you do so. There's a link in the description and there will also be a live Q&A following it. So we've got a lot of stuff to go over on Monday and I really hope to see you there. It's all just a legend where it comes to the link between the stock market as this primary discounting mechanism for economic information and reality, it's like the old cliche. Stocks are up because the economy's good, and we know the economy's good because stocks are up. When 
It's all just something that we tell ourselves, a way to rationalize share price behavior because so many people are wrapped up in, especially the retirement savings, in the stock market. This doesn't mean the stock market's a bad thing. Just understand what it actually is. And if your interest is the real economic condition and what's happening in it, the last place you're going to go looking is Wall Street or Tokyo. The Japanese stock market continues to rise precipitously. Part of that is related to the missteps happening in China, funds leaving the Chinese economy because, let's face it, the Chinese are another clear risk, and heading for safer harbors in among Western, especially mega-cap stock prices. Investors looking for safer returns, and with momentum on their side, this idea of liquidity that's supposed to be flooding the world with rate cuts what better place to go than where momentum is highest and safety is perceived to be the best? But Japan, the Nikkei index, hitting all-time highs when GDP just contracted for the second quarter in a row, which of course triggers at least the mainstream commentary about a technical recession in Japan. We don't care a bit about a technical recession. We only care about a real recession. And the GDP, GDP statistics in this case really do start to start to portray the underlying weakness in the Japanese economy. There's a real recession going on here, and one that looks like it's only going to get worse. So again, the other contrast with the stock market. Maybe start, share prices aren't about today. Maybe things will get better tomorrow. But in Japan's case, share prices have been rising for the last 11 years, while the economic situation hasn't ever gotten better. Now it's looking worse. Taking the second, the first part first, what's going on there today, Japan's Nikkei 225 index traded just below record highs on Thursday, even as data showed the economy entered a technical recession in the fourth quarter, a trend that is expected to delay the Bank of Japan's plans to tighten policies. There's more punch bowl. No, no tightening from the Bank of Japan. Beyond the tech sector, broader Japanese shares rose even as data showed Japan's economy unexpectedly fell into a technical recession in the fourth quarter of 2023. And here's the big thing. As domestic spending remained sluggish amid high inflation and a weak yen. All of that stuff together is pounding the Japanese economy. Higher dollar costs mean weaker yen. Therefore, more price pressures on a system that can't handle it. And the system that is the part of the system that is bearing the brunt of this imbalance is regular Japanese folks, not a lot of whom own Japanese stocks. The GDP numbers are actually worse than they appear. The third quarter was revised lower. It had been initially a 2.1% annual rate of decline. That's third quarter from the second quarter. It is now thought to have been a 3.3% decline, almost entirely erasing the second quarter's increase. The fourth quarter then comes out at minus 0.4% annual rate. So a small decline in the fourth quarter, but no rebound. There was supposed to be a substantial rebound in the fourth quarter. That was expectation, which is why everybody's saying this technical recession is, as always, unexpected. Of course, stock market doesn't care about any of that. Private consumption in Japan, households, three straight quarterly declines, three straight sizable quarterly declines in a row. So again, Japanese households are bearing the brunt of everything, which is really just the same supply shock problem that we've seen all around the rest of the world. The Japanese just have experienced it a little bit later because their reopening was farther behind than everyone else. 
In terms of household spending, look at the monthly figures from the Japanese government, and it really does put a, an exclamation point on the Japanese struggle. Household spending was down uh, three straight months in real terms up to December 2023, so the fourth quarter that we just got the GDP figures on, and two in a row in nominal terms. And nominal spending and real spending, nominal spending even, has been relatively flat to lower over the last year. So Japan's companies, at least in the internal economy, aren't even getting the benefit of a nominal boost from quote-unquote inflation. Japanese households are just buying a lot less, hoping that they can just spend about the same amount to get a lot less. In real terms, um, spending was year-over-year year minus 2.8% in December. So a 3% drop in spending from December 2022 to December 2023. But the real story, the real story here, as it is around the rest of the world, and we've talked about this in the United States, it's always income. Japanese incomes, household incomes, are a complete and utter mess. Just There's no other way to say it. Last year was just absolutely awful as far as incomes go. Household nominal incomes, just in the month of December 2023, down 4.6% from December 2022. And as you can see here, nominal incomes have had a whale of a problem all throughout 2023. And then look at real incomes. Real incomes were down 7.3%, down 7% in a year. And that was, in December was one of the best comparisons of 2023. It was actually worse in the early part of last year. And it didn't really come back all that much. So instead, as I'm saying here, Japanese households have been leading Japan's economy into recession. All the while, the Nikkei goes higher and higher and higher. Japan's Nikkei, and really the economic situation, is also doing us an inadvertent favor by further exposing several truths. Not just the, the divergence between share prices and actual economic circumstances, that's been the case for the last 11 years in Japan, but also more recently, Japan, there's been no rate hikes there, yet their economy is falling into recession anyway. The Bank of Japan has done nothing to quote-unquote fight inflation, Yet consumer price pressures are coming down. Producer price pressures have come down com almost completely. And the economy is experiencing a substantial downturn that is an actual recession and not just a technical one. The Bank of Japan had nothing to do with it. So there's a lesson there. But as far as stocks go, the Nikkei 225 and Jap Japan stocks as a whole, they have been rising relatively steadily going all the way back to late 2012. And the introduction of Abinomics, which means this is a peculiar set of psychology in stock markets. Because before 2012, the Bank of Japan had engaged in, by my unofficial count, approximately 20 different QE programs. More officially, that was QE9 up until 2012. And it had no impact on the stock market. It also had no impact on the banking system or the economy. But psychology, stocks were, were rejecting QE up until November 14th, 2012. And on November 14th, 2012, former Prime Minister Tasha Heiko Noda announced SNAP elections, which were eventually held on December 16th, 2012. But on November 14th, with, with Shinzo Abe as the clear frontrunner and Shinzo Abe openly talking about his three arrows of Abenomics that he would unleash if ever elected to office, 
On November 14th, when the snap election was announced, the Nikkei 225 was at 8664. And on November 15th, after the announcement, the stock market hasn't looked back ever since. It's up 340% in 11 years. If you bought Japanese stocks along the way, congratulations, you've done really well. But Abinomics as a whole did absolutely nothing for Japan's economy. As the Bank of Japan continued its QQE, which was got up to, I think, QE26 by the time we get to the 2020s, stocks kept going up and up and up. Not in a straight line. There were some pauses along the way. But look at the chart here of the Nikkei over the last 11 years. Stocks go up and up and up on the idea of Abinomics, whereas the actual results in the real economy from Abinomics are completely absent. There's no impact, no imprint whatsoever. Japan's economy has been stuck in the same situation up until the supply shock as it had been all along. What changed was only the psychology of shares. And those share prices told us absolutely nothing about the health of the system they're supposed to be representing. It's all about psychology. It's all fiction. It's all fantasy. In addition to Japan and its Nikkei, near all-time highs, and the DAX in Germany, its all-time highs, in both of those economies, in clear recession, we got the S&P 500 doing something similar. Though most people say, well, the S&P 500, poor Japan, poor Germany, but America's doing really well. Have you seen GDP? Have you seen the payroll reports? Well, while the S&P surges, there is a whole bunch of other data that suggests the U.S. economy may not be as bad as Japan or as bad as Germany, but it is heading in the same direction and in the same category. And we got a reminder of that today with a shockingly weak retail sales report suggesting that U.S. consumers who might not be nearly as bad off as their Japanese counterparts aren't all that different as you might imagine, certainly from the share prices at the S&P 500. Retail sales down big. And it wasn't just the January number. It was also substantial downward revisions to November and December. Remember, retail sales came out and everybody said, okay, Christmas actually was pretty good. The government says they were up sharply, somewhat sharply in November, and now retail sales up even more sharply in December. Christmas came off really well. Guess what? Not anymore. The retail sales figure for November was revised down to a negative. It went from a decent positive of about four-tenths of a percent to suddenly fractionally negative, which means that October, which was a deeper negative, and November were both a contraction in nominal terms in U.S. retail sales. So Christmas started off really badly, and then the November increase, which was supposedly really good and, and actually showed that Christmas turned out to be really well, strong economy, all that, well, that's no more either. The surprisingly awesome December number, not only was the lead-in from November revised sharply lower, the December increase was gone was reduced from six-tenths of a percent month over month to just four-tenths of a percent. So December wasn't even as awesome as it appeared to be either. So you got two months of contraction, October and November. You got a smaller rebound in December, and now a monster decrease in January. According to the latest government uh, statistics released today, 
January retail sales were down eight tenths of a percent, eight tenths of a percent in nominal terms. That's an enormous decline, suggesting that U.S. consumers did indeed struggle during the Christmas holiday, which had all sorts of negative impacts across the general economy, as we saw in the bond market at, at, at least. But U.S. consumers are indeed struggling, and despite the habit of post-Christmas discounting that happens in January, consumers were, were either unable or unwilling, more likely unable, to take advantage of it, which tells you maybe there isn't something so robust about the U.S. economy. Maybe the soft landing actually will prove to be like every other soft landing that we've experienced. It's just, it's a fiction too. In addition to U.S. retail sales, the Federal Reserve also talked about consumer credit that was entirely weak. They also got industrial production numbers, which were down too, especially manufacturing. More hard data evidence that the U.S. economy is indeed struggling, not as booming as some of the other stats would like to portray. Yet, the S&P 500, like the other stock markets that I've mentioned, continues to move higher. And for the same reasons. That's really the point here. Share prices aren't telling us anything about the economy. You want to know what's happening in any real situation, in, in any real system, don't look to Wall Street or Frankfurt or Tokyo. They're not going to tell you how healthy a system is. The stock market is soaring. Great for anyone who owns shares. Congratulations. But if your interest is about the vast majority of people who don't own shares and the vast majority of people whose lives are getting harder and harder and they're becoming more and more angry and more and more disillusioned and turning to things like Marxism and socialism and extremism, the share price surge has been so incredibly unhelpful. And on top of it all, it's just a rationalization about something that isn't real either. Rate cuts are not liquidity. And even if they were, that liquidity doesn't have a direct path into stocks anyway. These are all just rationalizations. And they're rationalizations that have very unhelpful byproducts. Among them is as share prices soar, people stop asking questions about the economy because they're told by everyone Share prices mean the economy must be good. So we don't look for economic solutions to economic problems that we do have solely because they are never priced into stocks. Just a reminder, Monday, commercial real estate, what's happening there? Limited space, sign up for the webinar, link in the description. If you want to see about yesterday's video, what's really happening, Germany, DAX, all that stuff, that's the one I've got linked below. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. Until next time, take care.